We will return your call. Hey, huge fan. Been following for a while. Just have a quick question. By any chance, are you former Ravens Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco? For the 223rd time, I'm not Joe Flacco. This is not Joe Flacco, the podcast. I am doing this one alone. I am not joined by anybody. It is just me. Doug and Trevor both have family in town. And uh, so it's just me. It's just me doing the podcast. Old school, throwback. Um, so ask me anything. I'll try and get to all your questions in the comments, uh, either here on the live stream or on YouTube. <clears throat> Sorry, the YouTube live stream or the uh, or the IG live stream. Um, just wrapped up uh, like an hour ago the commanders upsetting the eagles um can't say i saw it coming definitely did not see it coming the definite trap game definite you know the commanders got very lucky I mean, even down to the the big play down the field to, I think, Watkins, where they got the fumble late in the game. For him to be that wide open that he could fall, still have time to get up so they could they could pop pop that ball out. That that in itself is is was was lucky for them unlucky for me uh for fantasy i had well, i won't get into fantasy i fucked up my roster i i picked up a guy and then didn't start him and started heineke instead so i lost um but the uh the eagles are eight and one and for if you're for for like a for an NFC fan, as I am, for the Eagles to have a have a a stumble, and I'm just watching a replay of just Justin Jefferson's catch right now. Holy shit! Um, for for the Eagles to have a stumble is fantastic. For it to happen right now is even better. For it to not be against a team that anybody expected much of, that's tricky. The problem with losing to the Commanders is they're the Commanders. And you're going to beat yourself up over this one. Like if they finish 16-1, and they're going to be so fucking pissed. You're playing a backup quarterback. You're at home. And you lose to the the commanders. The commanders. So, 
like I said, double-edged sword here because you're going to beat yourself up over this one. But you also might think, hey, okay, we just we beat ourselves this game. And I'm not sure that the Eagles beat themselves. They turned the ball over. There was some luck. There's some luck there. There was the missed face mask. That was lucky. So there was there were some things that kept the kept the game close for for the commanders. I mean the you know. The, even the even the first turnover, the the pick, was, you know, the ball was in AJ AJ Brown's hands, and somehow the the commander's safety comes down with it. So, for for all of that to go right, and for the game to still be that close, and I'm I'm not counting the the defensive touchdown at the end. That was a one score, commanders win in in everybody's head except on the stat sheet so a close game commanders did get lucky refs blew some calls some some pl- plays that you'll only see once a season you know the falling down on a 50 yard completion having the time to get back up before you're touched but at the same time The commanders might have manhandled them a little bit in a way that I didn't think you could do against the Eagles. Like I didn't, I didn't think you could run the ball on them like that. I didn't think you could dominate time of possession on them like that. And so I'm, I'm a little. I'm a little hesitant to to say that this was a complete fluke. Washington outgained them 330 to 264. Ran a ton more plays. The Eagles were did have the higher yards per play. So they ran a lot more plays to get to the 330. 81 plays to 47 for the Eagles. But 152 yards rushing, only 3.1 per. 49 rushing attempts. I think there's probably some some kneel downs in there. So call it 47 rushing attempts over the course of the game. Three meaningful turnovers for the Eagles. Two for the and and the Eagles got that strip sack on the uh, like when that strip sack happened at the very beginning, I'm like, okay, cool. I don't really have to watch this game. I was sure the game was over at that point. You give up, you give up a gimme like that to the Eagles that early, a team that good that early. Okay. Game's over. Moving on. Who's going to, where's the, where's the, the loss? Where's the L on the Eagles schedule? Because it, the church shit didn't look like it was going to be the commanders at all. So now all the questions, the, the, the questions about the Eagles are, okay, how do you respond to a, a game you should have won? 
and they'll respond fine. And there's a ton of veterans on that team. Like they're they're, they're going to call this game what it is. It was a, a a trap game where they got a little lucky, where the opponent got a little lucky, got some goofy turnovers, and shit like that happens. But I think they need to. I, I think they need to maybe look in the mirror that there's other things that they should be worried about in this game. Namely, the way that the commanders were able to like 12 of 21 on third down. That's not that uh, that's not gimmicky. That's a that's a that's a better than 50% conversion on third down. With a team that is built likes I don't know a certain team in the NFC West with, you know, explosive wide receivers, explosive skill position players, and and uh, and a quarterback that just needs to play point guard and get and get the ball in their hands. So I don't know. I'm just I'm 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 more optimistic about my own team after watching that. I still think the and and everybody should. The Eagles are still the best team in the conference. I don't want to, you know, we're not going to do a, are the, are the Eagles frauds? No, they've been dominating teams. They, they do not have an eight and one record the way that the Vikings have an eight and one record. So, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. All right. What do we got here? Do we have any questions in here? I got two questions in here. All right, I'm going to get to these questions later. The other game of the week. Oh well, hold on. Let's stick with the commanders and and uh, let's stick with the commanders and the and the and the Eagles because the commanders cannot go back to Carson Wentz, and that's obvious to every fucking body to just let Heineke have the, just let Heineke run the team. Go If you want to go get a different quarterback, go get a different quarterback next year, but let Heineke run this team right now. They like him. They rally around him. They're saying all the things they're supposed to say right now, but you know, it's, it's, it's team just seems fun when Heineke's back there. And maybe they play harder for him because he's Taylor Heineke and not the number two overall pick in, in the draft and you know not a former MVP candidate and shit like that. Because that happens when you've got the backup in. But still, let the team like let it be fun. That was a fun commanders team tonight with a ton of great stories. And if that team, if that franchise needs anything. It's good stories. The interesting thing about them, I think Ron Rivera was the the coach of the, um, back in 2020. I'm sure he was when they beat the Steelers. And so he's he's ended two unbeaten streaks in the last three years. 
and real like you know eight and 11 and whatever those whatever those numbers were wherever the, the Steelers were and I hadn't made that connection and so props to the the other meme pages that did but the uh uh Ron Rivera was on the 85 Bears team and they went I think 15 and one. And they actually they they lost their game to the Eagles. Uh, sorry, to the actual franchise to the Dolphins in '85, if I remember, because that was a that was like a gigantic. Um, that was just a gigantic game. Not that I was actually watching it. I was four, you assholes. I know you're thinking it. I was four, probably not even four depending on when the game happened. But I wonder if he's able to convey kind of, I wonder if that helps him when he's facing these teams. That he's been on the other side of it. He knows what's going on in the locker room. It's hard to have an invisible illness like depression. And a depression ad just popped up. 1985 bears. I just want to make sure I'm 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 not spouting off the run of my mouth here because I'm sure I'm almost positive that the that it was the their one L was the Dolphins. Yeah, they were 12 and 0 going into the December second game. So I was four because it was December second. I've been four for a whole month. I wasn't even living in this country. I wasn't even. I wasn't watching this type of football if I was. So, um, anyways, I wonder if that helps him. I wonder if being on the other side of it, I wonder if being on the 85 Bears kind of helps him say the right things or put the team in the right frame of mind that, hey, he knows what it's like to have been 8-0, 11-0, and 12-0, and maybe – Maybe that gives him a leg up when um, when he's when he's talking to the team. If you think that kind of shit matters, I think it does. You know that like nobody believes in you thing. Like the if he's if he's sitting there going, it's like, hey, we were the we were the eighty five Bears. I think we gave a shit about the the Bucks or you know the Indianapolis Colts that year? No. We expected to beat those teams. And I wonder if that maybe he can he can tap into the overconfidence that might come with that. Who knows? I'm just a meme page. Um drop your questions if you're on if you're here in, on IG, drop your questions, any questions you have for me. Um and I will Try and answer them here on the pod. Uh, I got a couple people. Juan showed up on the live stream. The King Shy guy is a Vikings fan. He says, I'm so happy with this stumble. The I, I mean, the, the Vikings and the... So who's technically in first place right now? Let's, who's the leader in the conference? Who is the one seed? I'm going to find this out live.
still the Eagles by virtue of probably the, I don't know. I don't know what the, the tiebreaker is here. Because they're, yeah, I don't know. The Vikings are seven wins in a row. Longest winning streak in the league right now. So that's the, that was the other big game this week. And one of Drew, one of the uh, one of my subs and who listens to the podcast, and um, he's like, dude, what the fuck? He's a Vikings fan. Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> big game of the year? And you don't even mention it on the Sunday podcast because we're trying. We're tr- Trevor doesn't always listen, but uh, we try and stick to Sunday night football only on Sunday nights as much as we can. And then the Monday night reaction is the Monday night reaction, and that gets rolled out Tuesday morning. And then the the rest of everything comes out. Um, supposed to come out if I do the editing uh, when the Wednesday and Thursday, and then we re-record on Thursday. So, um, but that was a hell of a game that I was like, that Vikings bills game was a hell of a game. And my cousin's curse meme. This was this by far. I think the biggest cousin's curse meme I've ever had. People are saying it's the biggest test in the history of the cousin's curse. And I just want to throw there's there's some other teams out there that you should you should know about. The Packers were the one seed when they were 13 and 3 back in 2020. They were the one seed. And Vikings beat him. Bakhtiari goes down like the last week of the of the regular season. And uh, they obviously don't win the don't win the Super Bowl. Don't even go to the Super Bowl. Uh, the Saints, I think, were thirteen and three at one point, and then the then the Packers, I think, last year were like. 13 and four or some shit. The Cousins curse has taken down teams with great records before. And now you've got a Bills team that's what six and three right now and is is kind of reeling. And and I get a bunch of Vikings fans, I think, reposting the Cousins curse as a fuck you, especially to Packers fans. Um, but they reposted almost as a fuck you, but, but it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a cell phone. I'm not going to lie. Cause I'm saying that <laughs> the whole point of the meme, and I love when people are in the comments, like explaining the meme to me. It's like, Oh, that's, that's cause Kirk cousins, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't have a very good record against, against playoff teams or against teams with any records. Yeah. I'm aware. Thank you. That's the fucking joke. Um, but thanks for explaining that to me. The, the thing with the Cousins curse is it's, it's usually that it's like, hey, 
Oh, because somebody else asked me this is like, hey, what what uh, other contenders has the Cousins Curse taken down? And that's the that's the 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 Chinese finger trap. Is that if you lose to Kirk Cousins, you're no longer a contender. You can't be considered a contender. Because he doesn't beat contenders. He doesn't beat teams that go to Super Bowls. And the number, the, the guy with the second most starts act, out of active quarterbacks, second most starts without beating a team that's gone to the Super Bowl, Josh Allen. Between the two of them, it's like 180-something combined starts. Maybe close to 200 now that the season is, is, you know, we're 10 games into the season, nine games into the season. But close to 200 starts between the two of them without beating a team that's gone to the Super Bowl. And so the, the by virtue of the Cousins curse, are the Bills contenders? And the Cousins curse would stipulate that no, the fuck, they're not. And I mean, without, you know, without putting my taint on the Bills, does the Cousins, because this is the Cousins curse saying it, not me. It's the Cousins curse that is saying the Bills are not contenders. Okay, but does does the Cousins curse have a point? Are the Bills at six and three contenders? We want to say yes, because it's the Bills. It's Josh Allen, right? We want to say that. That's the reflex. That's why, you know, that's why people tend to pick, you know, seven, six teams that won the division last year. It's like, you know, when you're doing your your preseason picks and you, you look up and you're like, damn, I just picked every single fucking team that won the division last year to win the division again. Because that's the obvious answer. You were the best team the last time I saw you play. And now you now you're not. Or now it's a new season, at least. Over his last three games, Josh Allen has six interceptions, three touchdowns. His passer rating, 75, 46, 78. These are the three games right after beating Kansas City. Like, he got the Kansas City monkey off his back right avenged the playoff loss and then goes 13 of 25 with two picks and two touchdowns 18 of 34 for 205 and two picks and uh 29 of 43 fix the fix the completion rate but two picks in the end zone where he's just trying to superman shit Where he's on and on and the last one on on second down with time. 
It's just a, it was a a bad gunslinger fuck up. That's what it was. So I don't know. The Cousins curse would say that the Bills are no longer contenders. Just like they said that about the Packers. It was right about the Packers. But the Bills seem to have, I mean, Josh Allen's in a, in a slump right now. He's throwing too many picks. He does have his rushing touchdowns. He had, I think, two rushing touchdowns against the Jets in that loss. But in terms of like decision making and throwing the ball, huge drop off in the last, in weeks eight and nine on completion percentage. That's the old Josh Allen. Under 55% Josh Allen with the bounce back this week, but critical interceptions. Now, somebody's going to say that like, hey, one of those was on fourth down. It didn't really matter. It's like, yeah, but if he throws it out of the back of the end zone or just throws it into the ground, the Vikings take over the ball on the one or two yard line. And it changes kind of like they're not on the 20. They return that out to like the 20 or the 25. And that changes how the defense plays and how successful offenses are. Um, and like here, what's what's the after the pick? Let me just collapse all this. After the first interception, the Vikings started that drive at the 34 instead of on the one. Sorry, fourth and two at the Minnesota seven was when he threw the interception. And they returned it out to the 34. That's a big 27 yards of field position. And the Vikings go on a 13-play, 66-yard drive. So the way that the game went was is the – The Bills were up 27-10 in the third quarter. And then Dalvin Cook breaks off an 80-yard touchdown run. The Bills come back with a 13-play, 67-yard drive that ends in the pick in the end zone. And then the Vikings come right back with their own 13-play, 66-yard drive that does actually end in a touchdown. And then... The Bills punt, fumble in their own end zone after stopping the Vikings on downs, kick a field goal to tie it, and then lose it in overtime. The Vikings are, are a beatable team. And so I'm, I'm in... I, the, the Bills have plenty of time to fix this, but I will be very interested to see where the rest of the season takes them. Because here's their schedule. Browns, Lions, then they go Patriots, Jets, Dolphins. 
Patriots, Jets, Dolphins. They can't. They're gonna get. They're gonna get swept by the Dolphins this year. Is Bill Belichick gonna throw something at Josh Allen to fuck him up? Are the Jets gonna sweep the Bills this year? Like the Bills are down two losses in their own division. And so now instead of like this that game in the last 3 weeks probably cost them any chance at home field advantage. And on top of that um Josh Allen, Josh Allen won't be in the MVP consideration. Like the narrative around his seed, like the narrative around the season, he's going to have to do some work to change that. But he's already, and this might be the flaw with them, he's already doing, trying to be Superman this year. I mean, his completion percentage is right where it's at. He's throwing more touchdowns as a percentage than he did the year before. His interception rate is up. Yards per attempt is the highest it's ever been. Like this is, other than 2020, this is probably his best season. He leads the league in picks. He's thrown as many picks already this season as he did all of 2020. And more even than he did in 2019. But the where where I think the Superman stuff, and this just kind of goes to the mentality of like why is he forcing these balls in there in the end zone? Is that he's running the ball more than he ever has. Slightly more, but still more. Career average of seven attempts a game, he's at seven point six. He's already got four rushing touchdowns. He had six all of last year. I He seems to be putting more on his shoulders this season, and I think he's pressing, which he shouldn't need to do with Stephon Diggs around him, with uh, Gabe Davis around him. Maybe it's because the running game just kind of isn't there for them. Maybe they just need to stick with the running game. I don't fucking know. I run a meme page. But it seems like Josh Allen's pressing. So we'll see if he's we'll see if he's the type of guy that is capable of pressing. And it it and 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 you know. Pressure bust pipes or makes diamonds. You know, we'll see which side of the, the fence he comes down on. Um, the I have notes. There were other games. Definitely, there were other games. Um, oh, but we didn't even talk about the Vikings because I think the Vikings is is part of this is important. I I just uh, I still don't I still don't believe in the Vikings at all. 
And what's getting lost in all the fucking, uh, you know, game chains and everything else and all the shit that the Vikings are doing is Cousins is not playing well. This is not, uh, this is, and Bill Barnwell did a great article on this, but you can just like see it. Cousins is not playing well. The, the catch of the century, maybe the greatest catch history the justin jefferson pulled in fourth and 18 that was a quarterback throwing it up in the nearest vicinity of his best wide receiver and hoping for the best on fourth and 18 that was a miracle play now kirk had some he threw some dimes out there he he put the he had some great throws but Where was Kirky at? 30 of 50, 7.1 average, two picks, and not good picks either, a 34.5 QBR. The Vikings keep winning almost despite Kirk. He's playing well at the end of the games, and this is something that Barnwell points out in his article. He's playing well at the end of games. But um, he's not playing well. And maybe it'll all even out for him. And everything will, you know, the end of game will normalize with the beginning of the game and as the sample size gets bigger and all this other shit. But here's his, here's his QBRs by games this season. Which, again, is supposed to account for Impact impact on the game, not just statistical numbers, but down and distance, score of the game, shit like that, so that like garbage time doesn't play into it. Started off 79.6, absolutely went and balled out. 23 of 32, 277, two touchdowns against the Packers in week one. Then when they got blown up by the Eagles, 24.5. In the win against Detroit, 30.6. Against New Orleans, 39.8. Balled out against Chicago, 73.6 QBR. Again, this is out of 100. Against Miami, 42.3. Against Arizona and Washington, 51 and 58. But against Buffalo, 34.5. And this is the stat that's supposed to tell the story of the game. Because, like, his best QB rate, his best passer rating this season, 104.2 in a 24-16 win against Miami. But they only gave him a 42.3 QBR. And I think it's because the Vikings just kind of never, never trailed. They get the first touchdown. They go 7-3. Then Kirk puts them up 16-3. I wonder why it's not higher here, actually. That's interesting. Because he, he threw two touchdowns to, you know, conceivably put the game away. But, you know, that's interesting why that'd be 42.3. Oh, I'm just reading numbers here. 
great podcast content. Um, but no, I still don't, still don't trust the Vikings. I think they're, I think they're not very beatable because if they were very beatable, a team would have done it by now or two teams would have done it by now. The Bills certainly should have done it if the Bills were kind of who who we thought they were. Like nobody thought the Vikings were winning this game on the road. Um Dalvin Cook, interesting. 14 carries, 119 yards, but he had the one for 81. So that means he was 13 carries for like 38 yards. There's three yards of carry except for that one run. That was just, it was a fucking epic game. And yeah, I'm, you know, I'm just here to shit on both teams. I think, I think the, you know, if you're a believer in the Cousins curse, then you have to say the Bills aren't contenders. And if, and I think if you're looking at the Vikings, like Kirk has played better than this. That's what I will say about this season. Kirk has played better than this. So maybe that's opportunity for the Vikings to get even better. Oh, fuck. My back still hurts. I don't know if you tuned in yesterday, but my back fucking hurts. Um, and then we'll see. I mean, this this looks like adversity for – and going back to the Bills, this looks like adversity for Josh Allen off the, these three weeks. Two bad games uh, and then a, kind of a good game yesterday with two terrible picks. So we'll see. He's, this, is, this is adversity. And it already, again, I think he already feels like he's pressing. And if he has to do it all himself – then the Bills aren't contenders because you can't win like that in the playoffs. Like quarterbacks just don't, you know, drag teams through. And they're going to, if 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 everything were to start today, if the playoffs were to start today, they would be a wild card team. But they are, you know, it's like there's a world in which the Bills don't make the playoffs, which would be fucking hilarious because that would still not give Kirk credit for being this means that this if the bills don't make the playoffs and the packers don't make the playoffs then uh neither of those games would count towards kirk beating playoff teams or his record against playoff teams i'm just here to watch the world burn that's all um let's see we got some questions here um Teacher Victor Marroquin says, Loki, the refs helped the commanders agree or disagree. Uh, yes, there were bad calls. I don't, I don't think like I'm not a the game is rigged guy, but there's fucking bad calls every single game on both sides. But the the egregious ones this time were against the Eagles. But if the Eagles fucking hang on to the football. They would still, they would have, um, if the Eagles just hang on to the football, they win the game. 
And I'm I'm specifically talking about like Quez Watkins. If he hangs on to that ball, if he's protecting that ball, the Eagles win the game. And I win my fantasy game because then Taylor Heineke would be throwing and uh, McLaurin would have picked up some extra couple of catches. And uh, yeah. And or maybe the Eagles would have gotten a pick six, which would have also helped me. Son of a bitch. I needed that win today. Um, let's see here. Any other questions? Somebody asked, is the Steelers' future bright or dim with their current situation? My blanket answer for this stuff is on any team, my blanket answer on how's what's the future look like? How's the team look? You know, what do you think of this team for the next five years? Do you have a quarterback? Do you have a coach? Those are the two biggest drivers of fucking success. Do you have the quarterback? Do you have the coach? They've got the coach. Mike Tollum is fantastic. If they've got, we will see if they've got the quarterback. It doesn't seem like anything's jumping off the fucking page right now. But I'm also not wasting a lot of my Sunday watching the fucking Steelers. The 2022 Steelers. Do they have like a, like a, have they already had their Thursday night game? Please tell me they've had their Thursday night game. Let me just look. Do the Steelers have a primetime game coming up? Oh, gross. Oh. Oh, Jesus. We have a Monday night game in two weeks. Steelers at Colts. Oh. And then Steelers versus Raiders. Holy shit. Good news is the Steelers might win those games. You know, on national television and avoid the memes that go with it. Um, all right. So I think, I think that's it for me tonight. I don't know. I got, I got some other thoughts. I looked up. So just because I hate Russell Wilson, I looked up. And the Broncos defense is playing so fucking well. I went and looked up uh, how good the, the the 2014 Seahawks defense was. They were number one in the league in, in yards allowed and points allowed. Number one scoring defense and number one defense in terms of yards against. 15.8 points a game they gave up, 267 yards a game. The Broncos this year are like one and two. They're right there. But 16.6 points a game, 290 yards a game. I think maybe you can probably normalize that to, you know, somebody with, you know, that's that's plugging all this shit into Excel would probably be able to say that like, oh, well, since yardage is up in uh, 2022 versus 2014, that this uh, Broncos defense is actually just as good, if not better. Um, the point is. That. In 2014, the seat, a, a defense this good was able to drag Russell Wilson to a Super Bowl ring. A defense as good as the Broncos have right now was able to drag, and Pete Carroll, 
the defense and Pete Carroll was able to drag Russell Wilson to a Super Bowl ring in 2014. It was 2014. 2013 or 2014. One of the two. Um, anyways, number one in yards, number one in points against. The Broncos are right there. 15.8 points for the Seahawks, 16.6 for the Broncos. And they only scored 10 points again this week. I did my meme. They would they are seven and two this season. Seven games where they scored in double digits and two games where they didn't. This makes me happy. Makes me really happy to post that. I think that makes me I, I that makes me happier than the Cousins Curse. The Cousins Curse fucking performs. It's the reason I like the Cousins Curse. But I'm also I'm happy to, I will, I will be happy when it's broken. I will be happy when it's broken. I can I can I can step away. That might be when I break up with IG. That might be Cousin's Curse is broken and I'm able to just kind of like step away from Instagram peacefully knowing that my corner of the internet is no longer needed. Um, what else we got? Justin Fields, man. What a fucking player. What a goddamn player. Back in 2020, 2021, the 2021 draft, because I was silly and because I'm bad at gambling, as you can see from my taint, if you if you look at the taint close enough, you'll know just how bad I am at gambling. That um, I, I put a bet, I think I bet like, I put like 200 bucks on the Niners drafting Justin Fields. When I, what I really wanted to do was bet on them not taking Mac Jones. And so I should have picked like the over on his picks or whatever the fuck it was um, on his draft slot or whatever. But I, I put 200 bucks down on Justin Fields. That's, that's who I wanted. I wanted the Niners to get an athletic quarterback that could do Justin Fields type shit. And it is so nice to see him doing well. The Bears deserve a the, the Bears deserve a goddamn good quarterback for a change. They just do. So, cuz I've I've now careful though. And I think the Bears fan, Ted, if you're listening. Don't turn into the Browns fans. The Browns fans, over the last couple of years, they've gone from lovable fucking losers who you could, who got the jokes and who laughed at themselves. And this is where Bears fans are right now. Have been. My entire time. They are my favorite franchise fan base because they always get the fucking joke. Also, it's a great fucking city. Um, one of the only time, on the only places I've ever had fun in like a downtown-ish type city. Or one of the only times I've had fun downtown in a city was in Chicago. Um, so love... 
love Bears fans. But don't go the Browns fans route. Stay humble. Don't turn into don't don't turn into defensive assholes. Please keep please keep getting the joke. Otherwise, you'll just turn into God, don't I swear to God, Justin Fields is going to ruin the Bears fan. I just what I just realized Justin Fields is going to ruin the Bears fan base for me. There was one good fan base out there. One. And he's going to ruin it. Son of a bitch. Fuck. <sighs> Tua is going to get an MVP vote before Russell Wilson. I don't know if that qualifies as putting my taint on Tua. But Tua is going to get an MVP vote before Russell Wilson. It just makes me warm inside. I kind of just, I got goosebumps. I don't even, my, all of a sudden my back doesn't hurt. It's just delightful. Um, the Colts experiment worked out with Jeff Saturday. Good for them. I love Jim Irsay, like on Twitter. Shit talking the Raiders for some reason. Tweeting and just win, baby. It's like when when owners do stuff to win games. Da, 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 da. It's like if you thought Frank Reich was that big a fucking loser, you didn't just start thinking it in week nine or week eight or whatever the fuck you started thinking it. This has been in the back of your mind for a minute. And if you thought he was that big a loser, fire him a long time ago. I don't know what's going on with the fucking Colts organization. I do think it's karma for how they treated Andrew Luck. And I'll stand by that. I'm team Luck on this one. Um, Aaron Rodgers continues to own the Cowboys. I think Matt LaFleur apparently was like crying in the locker room. It's like, dude, you've you've had one you've had one losing season. You're four and six. There's still time to turn it around. Don't be such a bitch. Cardinals and Rams, nobody cares. I saw somebody tweeted out that the Rams are the least relevant Super Bowl winning team of all time. Least relevant defending champion of all time. That doesn't that doesn't make me any happier. <laughs> it really doesn't. Not one bit. Although they don't have any fans to fucking talk shit about it either. So, you know. I mean, did anybody really think the Rams were going to be a dynasty with the way that they were built? Did anybody look at them and just go, man, that is one deep team? They were built on their stars last year. And they're still built on the stars. They just, they gave out, they had to pay guys, give out big contracts. They just, they don't have any of the glue guys. But they did it. They won their ring. I would, I would trade that. I would trade a ring for, you know, what the Packers are going through. You know, what, 15 years of just kind of like, above average mediocrity where they're making the playoffs, but they've got a 
fucking first ballot Hall of Famer at quarterback, but they're just not going to put people around him. They're not going to give him a chance. Although I did pick up Christian Watson before he just put up 32 points. So patting myself on the back there. I've got a keeper league um, that I've been like average or worse the last couple of years. And um, so I just kind of decided I was like, one, I hate fantasy football. I just fucking hate it. But, you know, if I'm going to play, I'm going to I'm going to try. A little bit like there's a lot of times I forget to set my lineup that didn't used to happen, but it does now. And uh, uh, so I'm like trying to bottom out, not trying, but I'm like, I'm six and three, but I'm just not scoring any points that I'm my team's garbage. A um, lot of injuries, but at this point I'm just trying to bottom out and it's a keeper league. And you get to keep it's auction keeper and you get to keep uh players at the price they were drafted at. So cheap wide receivers are the single greatest commodity in um in the uh single greatest commodity in 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 existence. And uh um I'm trying to I'm trying to make sure I go into next season if the league is still going. I'm trying to make sure I go into next season with three of them. Like three cheap, dirt cheap wide receivers. Because if I can get those and I get the right ones, that's when you run the league. So that's what I'm going for right now. Um, anybody have anything else they want me to talk about? Let's see, did the Steelers one? Do I agree with the final flag of the game? Ba, 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 ba. Have you heard of Bucks QB Ryan Griffin? Yes. Who's winning the AFC East? I don't think there's any reason to bet against the Dolphins at this point. Like that, that feels to me, the Dolphins feel to me like an ascending team. Um, even, even as they are what seven and three right now, seven and three, and they're about to have their buy and they come out of their buy and they go, they're home against the Texans, and then they have a fucker of a schedule. Wow. Three-game road trip at Niners, at Chargers, at Bills. Oh. First, the Packers at home, at the Patriots, home against the Jets. Oof. What's the bill schedule? Who's going to win the AFC East, he says. See the Bills, the Bills are the Bills are going they've had their bye. They're going Browns Lions. So they're gonna they're gonna get right against the Browns and Lions, and then it gets difficult, and they go Patriots, Jets, Dolphins, Bears, Bengals, Patriots. What just hypothetically? What is the Jets' schedule? 
because that is the Dolphins schedule is tough and the Bills schedule is tough. What if the Jets just were to just kind of sneak through with So the Jets are at Patriots, home against the Bears, at the Vikings, at the Bills. Home against the Lions and Jaguars, at Seattle, at Miami. Gosh. How many teams are in the AFC East? Could the Patriots do it? Because the Patriots are only, like, what, two and a half games out? No. I don't know, man. I can tell you this. I don't think the number one seed is coming out of the out of the AFC East. That's Their schedules are too difficult, and they've got too many games against each other. And we are we are looking at the Chiefs being hosting the AFC Championship game again. That's what's going to happen. The Chiefs are going to host the AFC Championship game again. And Patrick Mahomes right now leads the league in passing. He leads the league in touchdowns. And well, he at least did going into this week. And is there anybody challenging them right now? So the Dolphins have the same amount of wins, but one one more loss. The Titans. Dude. I. There are going to be so many good teams that are outside the playoff hunt right now. So like right now, if the, if the playoffs started today, that means that Justin Herbert and Khalil Mack and Derwin James are at home and Austin Eckler are at home. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon are at home. Um, Matt Ryan is going to be at home. Deshaun Watson is going to be at, at home. It's better than a prison cell, but he's still going to be at home. Guys, I don't know if you know, but if the playoffs started today, the Broncos would not would not make it. Um, and I've said, I listen. I said this before. I'm going to say it again. That the motherfucking Broncos need to start winning because right now they're giving the Seahawks a top ten pick, and that's horseshit. Absolute horseshit. And then you got the Jaguars, the only team under 500 with a positive point differential. Fucking Jaguars. All right. That's it. Oh, fuck. My back hurts. Um, thanks for tuning in. Juan Gonzalez is asking, sorry. Juan Gonzalez is asking, who wins the NFC West? I think the money's on the Niners. 
Um, I really, I don't, I don't trust the regular season coaching. And I think the Seahawks have the easier, probably have the easier schedule. And they've got the better home field advantage. But let me, let me look at the Seahawks schedule. Let me look here. See, Raiders, Rams, Panthers are their next three games. They're not losing a single fucking one of those. The the Seahawks are going to be nine and four at one point. Then it gets tricky. Niners, Chiefs, Jets, and closing with the Rams. I'm gonna say, like I said, I don't trust. I don't trust the regular season coaching. I don't. I don't trust the regular season decision making. I think the Niners are are built for the playoffs. They're built for grueling games. I think they like playing grueling games. And in that liking that they play, like they play like every game's a fucking playoff game. But they're in that they're like trying not to make mistakes, but they're not going out there and playing for touchdowns or playing for field goals, which is kind of what you do in the playoffs. If you've got a really good team, it's like you just, you don't want to not score points. You don't want to waste a trip kind of thing. So I think the Niners leave themselves more open to fluky shit happening, even though fluky shit happens to the fucking Seahawks for the last 12 years. Um, But I just don't, I don't trust, I don't trust the regular season coaching decision-making stuff right now. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Seahawks win via tiebreaker. Somehow they get the tiebreaker. I don't know how, I don't know what the fucking tiebreaker is going to be, but um, I think they, they win the tiebreaker because the, the, the division's gotten worse. Like the Rams are worse. Where the car the the Niners have two games left against the Cardinals. The Seahawks have two games left against the Rams and none against the Cardinals. So oh, that Chiefs game, here's the thing that Chiefs game for the Seahawks is a harder game, I think, than any game that the Niners have left, maybe depending on what you think of the of the Dolphins. Like Niners going Cardinals, Saints, Dolphins, Bucks. Yeah, like Dolphins, Bucks, Seahawks is just a is and the Commanders just beat the fucking Eagles. Like that four game stretch there. The nice thing is for the Niners, three of them are at home. So um I'm I'm gonna go Seahawks. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to go Seahawks. All right, everybody. Appreciate you hanging out um, for the throwback podcast. <clears throat> A week from today, we will have watched the Niners play the Cardinals in Mexico City. Um, so that, that should be a game. should be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you. And uh, I don't know. Thanks for following. Thanks for listening. Leave a review. Write a review. Come on. Go on Apple Podcasts and write a review. If you're still listening this long, go write the fucking review. Even if you've written one before, go write another one.
Appreciate you. Bye. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.